Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Kylie Camps and welcome to the podcast. This space is dedicated entirely to making a difference in the lives of women. I believe we all have a right and a responsibility to truly live our best lives. It all begins with curiosity, changing our thinking and cultivating more self-love. Through thoughtful conversations and shared experiences, I really hope that you can take something away from this podcast. I'm a business owner, a speaker, a sleep consultant, and mum of twin boys. I've also recently completed some training in the cognitive behavioral therapy space, and I'm super, super passionate about the ability that we all have to really improve our days. And ultimately, when we take ownership of improving our days, we're really improving our whole life. So let's get stuck into today's episode. Welcome to today's episode. On this rainy, miserable Monday, I'm recording this introduction right now because the episode that was scheduled to go live today has been lost to the abyss, which I'm really, really bummed about because it was a great topic, but the universe works in mysterious ways. And I'm very fortunate that I have this episode to share with you today, which I so enjoyed recording. Today's episode is also going to be the second last podcast that I release in 2020. I will pop one more up and then I'll take a very short little break over the Christmas and New Year period. And then next year, I have some really, really exciting and big deal guests to share with you. So I'm looking forward to that. Now, today's conversation is with Anita Van Dyke, and it's really timely actually that this episode is going live today, given that we are in the midst of the silly season where we are buying lots and we've got an excess and a surplus of stuff. And so this conversation with Anita, who is a literal real life rocket scientist, um, this conversation is all about how we can watch and be mindful and reduce our waste. Anita has written a book called A Zero Waste Family in 30 Days, which promises to help reduce your waste by up to 80% which, as I say in my conversation with Anita, is a big swing. And I think it's one of those those topics that sometimes we're like, oh, I know I need to do better about this. I need to be more informed. I need to change some habits and get better at this. But then you see, oh, zero waste. And you think, oh my gosh, that's a big swing. It's a big leap. But the thing that I loved about Anita's philosophy is that this zero waste is a movement and it's about striving towards doing better and in making improvements. It's not about striving towards or being the absolute 100% very best zero waste warrior, although that would be amazing, but it's about just 
doing better, doing a better job. My English isn't great this morning. It's been one of those mornings where everything is not going smoothly or easily, but we're here. It's happening. An episode will go up and this is one that I'm excited to share with you. This episode is brought to you by my friends at Esme Skin Minerals. If you have listened to other episodes of the podcast, in particular, the two-part conversation that I had with the founder of Esme, you will know I am a devout fan of their products. I've been using the Esme range exclusively for years. And the very first product of theirs that I ever, ever tried, and I still use to this very day, I have it on right now, is their Hyaluronic Hydrating Serum. That is the blue skin treat. Now, no doubt you will have seen these on social media because so many people love them. And a couple of months ago, actually, must have been, it was around my birthday. So yeah, a good six months ago, I had one of those scans done where they put the lights on you that bring up everything that's going on below the surface of your skin that you can't quite see yet, but it's brewing. And that was interesting. But one of the first things they said to me is you must use a hyaluronic serum because you have really great hydration. And I said, yes, I do. And that is exclusively thank you to Esme Skin Minerals. The hydrating hyaluronic serum is really, really lightweight. My skin does have more of a propensity towards being on the dry side. So I can in fact handle a heavier moisturizer or an oil quite easily. But The hydrating serum is super, super lightweight. So even if you don't have dry skin, if you're more towards the oily side of things, I still think that the serum would work really well for you. Jump over to their website though and have a chat with their experts who are online and can help guide you towards the specific skin treat for your own specific concerns because we are all so different. And the thing that I love about the skin treats is that they are designed for different skin concerns. So as I said, mine is more towards the fact that my skin can be dry and anti-aging and pigment and also pore size as well. I could keep going, but I'll stop there. Um, But you know, your skin concern could be more towards having redness or um, fine lines or the area around your eyes. Like there's so many different things that we all have that bother us for different reasons or that we want to improve upon or maintain. So you can jump over to the Esme website, esmi.com, speak with their experts so that you get the right skin treat. I cannot recommend the Hyaluronic Serum enough. It absorbs so quickly and it feels like nothing is on your skin once you've used it, which I think is a pro for a lot of people. Like it absorbs right into your skin and your skin just feels plumper and fresher. It doesn't feel like it's got anything on the surface of your skin, if that makes sense. And then I love the 24 karat gold nourishing oil, which I think is paramount for a nice glow and it just feels like luxury in a bottle. So I do have a discount code, which is love Kylie for 15% off the range. It doesn't, it does exclude a few things like gift vouchers and the sun care range, I believe, but that code love Kylie all in capitals, 15% off, definitely the skin treats, the cleansers, the gentle foliants, which are beautiful, the booster masks, they've got so many great products and they're just a really beautiful company. They're located here on the Gold Coast 
And just last week, the little bugs and I went into their head office to have a look at their new space. And I just so love Esme. So that's who this episode is brought to today, brought to you by today. It's almost, it's also, oh my gosh, I'm getting tongue tied. It's also the season of gifting. And if you are looking at getting a really useful gift that's going to be used, which is in line with today's conversation as well about making sure we're using what we have, definitely consider grabbing Esme for someone that you love including yourself, of course. That code is LOVEKYLIE, 15% off Esme.com. Now, let me tell you a little bit more about Anita. As I said, she is a qualified rocket scientist and medical doctor, and she's also a mum of one. Anita is a well-known champion of zero waste and sustainable living. You can find her over on Instagram at rocket underscore science. Her new book, which we speak about in our chat today, is a 30-day guide that highlights the life and sustainability lessons that Anita has learned during her first year of motherhood, whilst still applying principles of minimalism and zero waste. It won gold at the Nautilus Book Awards in 2019 and has been translated into seven languages. Anita will show you how you can radically reduce your family waste by 80% in 30 days by focusing on the concept of a ripple effect, self-care, home care, and child care. I really enjoyed this book and speaking with Anita, so without further waffling, let's get stuck into today's conversation. If you are listening to this, I would love it if you take a screenshot pop it up on Instagram and tag me at Kylie Camps and also Anita at rocket underscore science so we can share on our own stories as well. So here is my chat with Anita. Anita, thank you so much for agreeing to have this chat with me today. I've been so looking forward to speaking with you. Thank you for having me. It's um, such a pleasure. I I'm obsessed with your book. I was just saying before we hit record that I love how digestible it is. It's an easy read, but with big results. It's it's beautiful. So well done and congratulations on another book. Thank you so much. And, um, you know, when as an author, you kind of put your work out in the world and you don't know how it's going to be received. But the feedback I, back I'm getting is this kind of, yes, it's digestible and it's gentle. And a zero waste family is supposed to be that, that kind of gentle activism, which is what I'm trying to promote. Oh, I love that gentle activism because I think sometimes people shy away from concepts because they feel too restrictive, like you're going to fail. You know, it's like, oh, I'm not going to do that right. And that's another thing, another item on my mental list that I'm going to fail at or I'm not good enough at. But I think that your book really breaks it down to say, hey, it's not about being perfect here. It's just about striving towards doing your bit and I guess education as well. Absolutely. Um, The first day of my 30-day guide is actually aim for effort, not for perfection. And as mothers, as parents, we often are juggling so many different roles and we're trying to be Pinterest perfect in all those roles. And it's that sense of overwhelm that I felt as a young mother, um, also as a doctor, also an author, also running an Instagram account, that I really felt that the environmental issues were too much for little old me. But in reality, 
I'm all about small changes making a big cumulative difference. And that's what this book is about, that it's not about perfection and aiming for the zero in zero waste. It's actually more about just doing what you can when you can. Mm, I love that. And I think too, sometimes when we put the blinders on, when we're like, oh, I can't, I don't have the mental space to think about this or look at that side of things just because you think, oh, I'm not going to do it right. But sometimes there's that mental load of ignoring it. So I love that it's just like, okay, let's look at what we can actually do. What is tangible for your family that you can, as you said, aim towards doing a little bit better? So I love it. And the whole philosophy of your zero waste approach in particular the duality of it, not just being about things, but also being about time. Can you talk me through exactly what zero waste means for you and also how you came to cultivate this way of living? Yeah. So I love that you talk about the duality of zero waste, because when people think of the zero waste movement, they just think reducing your waste, whether it be plastic waste or food waste or whatever it may be. But actually, I'm taking that term to be more than just about reducing your physical waste. It's about actually not wasting any of your resources. This includes time, money, energy and relationships. So for me, living a truly zero waste life is about reducing your waste, but also not wasting your life away. And that's what this book is about. And for me, I've had to come through this process through firstly in my 20s, where I was at the opposite end of the spectrum. I was a maximalist in every sense of the word. I loved my designer clothing. I thought more was more. I lived in a four bedroom house. All these things that were for me, a status symbol of success. And after going through this, you know, quarter life crisis where I kind of um, went, climbed up the corporate ladder, realized the corporate ladder wasn't for me and did a complete 180, I went back to uni to study medicine and also that's where my environmental awareness began. And in that process, I stripped back all the things, all the superficial notions of success, and it became to me a realization that we had to do more, more for ourselves and also more for the planet to live a truly meaningful life. I love that. And I think that it's so important to highlight the fact there that you really felt like you were a maximalist and now you consider yourself to be far more a minimalist or I guess you could even go an essentialist would you say I would say uh, as an essentialist but also I love beautiful things I think as a modern day activist um, they look like you and me we don't have to prescribe to a certain stereotype such as you know wearing hemp clothing living off the grid and all those things are great don't don't get me wrong but a modern day activist is just about doing better for the planet by making conscious decisions in your everyday life and I think that we can all make those simple changes because quite frankly, um, Earth is the only home we've got. There is no planet B and we have to make the best of what we have now with the limited resources that we have now, not only for ourselves, but as parents, also for our children and our children's children. I love this Native American expression that 
they look after the planet for the seven generations ahead. It's about this cycle of understanding that what you do now affects the future. And I think in our modern Western lives, we forget that. We're so busy, as you say, juggling the mental workload of many things and the physical workload of many things. But we also have to have that in the back of our mind that amongst this hustling, we need to have a break and pause and think about, okay, how about this ripple effect of actions that I'm doing now, this, you know, strive for convenience or this strive for materialism or this strive for excess consumption? How is that going to impact on my daughter or my family or my daughter's daughter and the seven generations ahead of us? So it, this is a lovely gentle reminder, and that's what this book is about, that we can all make a difference for our future generations by making changes to the actions we do today. Mm, and it just provides such a sense of community when you think about it like that when you're really thinking okay it's not about me it's not so egocentric it's actually thinking far beyond myself and my what I perceive to be my immediate needs and wants and realizing as you said that we're all part of this and there is no planet b I um a couple of months ago watched David Attenborough's latest documentary and I just had tears streaming down my face and needed just going oh my gosh like this is massive we all need to really do our own little parts yeah and I think this sense of realization came also as becoming a mother I don't know about you but when I became a mother my spectrum of emotions actually broadened I feel more I see more you know the highs are really high and the lows are really low and also being a mother has made me realize that we create life we spend so much time we bear a child for nine months we create life and when we create life it's so much harder to destroy it right so being a mother for me has made me realize that yes it's great to look after our own family and of course we need to do that but we also have a sense of responsibility to be a mother for mother earth as well to give her a voice because she doesn't have a voice she is showing us in many ways through climate change all those things that we need to have a reset and rethink our values but we need to give her a voice in more than just you know um you know superficial means Definitely. And I just, I so relate to everything you're saying about feeling deeper, you know, the highs are higher and the lows are lower. And it's just, I also often speak about this here on the podcast, Anita, just saying that once I had kids, I felt this immediate like leveling up, like, okay, I am a role model now, whether I like it or not. And it's like being a mum kind of pushes you towards more accountability in certain areas and I think that that's a really interesting dynamic too. I think you're so right. I think our children are true mirrors of ourselves. All the things we love about ourselves, they mirror back and all the things that we don't like about ourselves, they mirror back. So, you know, that was a realization for me as well, becoming a mother. We are a role model. We are a mentor. And whether or not we sign up for this role, it doesn't matter. We, we're already there. We have young people looking up at us and how our actions and how our impacts will impact the world. They're going to mirror that. So this book is about there's three pillars in the book just to give our audience a bit of a rundown. The first pillar is about self-care. 
self-care being not in the hashtag super soul Sunday kind of Oprah-esque way, but in a self-care that is actually sustainable for you. Because if you don't look after yourself, how can you look after your family? And certainly you can't look after the planet. So that's the first pillar. The second pillar is about home care and it's about setting up systems in the home to make it more efficient for you to save money, save resources, save time and energy and also reduce your waste because as I said before, I'm a doctor, I'm an author, I'm a mother, I don't have time. (laughs) I don't have time to make it more complicated. So this is actually about making it easier for you to run your home in an eco-friendly way but that also saves time and money. And the third pillar is about childcare. And childcare is advice on how to raise conscious citizens in a very fractured world. I mean, 2020, the time of COVID has been really um, eye-opening for all of us. And this sense of overwhelm that we feel in this time of crisis can be seen in other areas such as climate crisis. And so how do we raise conscious citizens? So it's about giving advice there as well. I love it. And in the book, you talk about one of your pillars being the being less but better as an approach. And you have three questions that you use to reflect on and I guess determine or make a decision um, on whether or not an activity or an item is essential for you. Can you talk us through those three prompts, those three questions that you use? Oh, uh, you've caught me there. I can't exactly remember the three prompts <laughs> off the top of my head. But I call it the there's less but better, but I call it the binary barometer. And basically is it does the activity feel light or does it feel heavy? And also does the there's and 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 it's about buffer zones, you know, creating buffer zones in your life so that you can make those things more important to you. Um, so yeah, the binary barometer is one of those tactics that I, one of the many hundreds of tips that I have in the book, which is why I can't remember at the top of my head. Well, that's, but that's okay. I've got them in front of me, Anita. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so the, the less but better, the three yeah. questions, you've got one, does doing this activity feel heavy or light? Two, who am I doing this for? And three, will doing this activity allow me enough time to rest? I just really like those prompts. I'm a big journaler. And I think when we're trying to cultivate new habits, when we're trying to establish, you know, a more productive and effective routine, we need that why. We need that reason why we're doing it. So I like this whole like, okay, just quickly run through does this activity feel heavy or light? Who am I doing this for? Will this activity allow me enough time to rest? In this day and age when we have so many play dates and after school commitments and whatnot, I just love that. I love a process. And that's what I meant by the binary barometer. Like, does it feel heavy? Does it feel light? It's a quick yes, no kind of feeling. And, Mm -hmm. you know, the second one of, you know, does it, the third one, does it give enough time to rest? And that's about the buffer zones that I talked about before. So when we're doing an activity, we often, you know, particularly on the weekends, we seem to fill it up. So we have, might have Saturday sport in the morning and then, you know, a barbecue, a friend's barbecue in the afternoon and the sleepover in the evening. And by the end of the weekend, we need a holiday for from our weekends. So it's about understanding, do we create enough buffer zones and times of rest so that we can actually do those activities with a sense of joy and lightness and rather than it all feeling heavy like a burden? Yeah, brilliant. I love that. 
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. And in the book as well, you talk about ways to help families reduce their waste by 80%, which sounds like a really big swing. But as I was reading your book, I was thinking, yes, I can do that. Yep, I can do that. Like there are so many easy little things that families can actually implement. And when I think about families and as a mom of seven-year-old twins, when I think about like the big areas in my life that I could improve upon, I instantly think, okay, food, getting on top of food wastage. I also think cleaning um, and clutter. So I would love if you could share a couple of tips just surrounding those three big topics. So perhaps starting with food, because that's such a big one. Even if you don't have kids, so many people are just unaware, I guess, of what you know the amount is that they actually need and end up wasting so much food. Yeah, absolutely. I think food is a great place to start. One easy tip that I would say is be conscious of what you're bringing in and then what you're throwing out. So bringing in food is is usually wrapped in plastic. Let's be honest. When you go to the supermarket, there's a lot of plastic wrapped goods. So a suggestion there to bring down your waste, your plastic waste in particular, is to shop the outer aisles of the supermarket. So go naked with your produce. Mother Nature has created her own packaging for most of her produce. So you don't actually need plastic packaging for a lot of the items. And that's how one way you can reduce your waste. You can also do things such as shop at the farmer's markets. Or if you're busy like me, I get an organic delivery box delivered every week and you kind of cut out the middleman and it's seasonal produce that the farmer chooses for you and it's delivered to your door in a cardboard box that can be reused and that they reuse again and again. So it's kind of reducing your cost in cutting out the middleman and also supporting your local farmers and eating really well for you your family. It's important to invest in that. So that's one easy tip there, understanding what comes into your home. And then we have to worry about what's being thrown out. So food waste is actually one of the biggest contributors to methane gas. Um, and, And a lot of people don't know this, that when you throw your food waste away, it just sits in landfill producing methane contributing to climate change. So not only does it waste money because you're literally throwing your hard earned cash um, away, but also causes damage to the planet. So a simple way to do this is to reduce your food waste. A tip that I always suggest, and this is an easy quick win, is to produce on your top shelf of your fridge, a eat me first boxed. So have a box that's labeled eat me first so that everyone in the family can see what's in that box and put in your orphan vegetables. So your loose avocado, your loose banana or your, you know, the blocks of cheese that you have at the hiding at the back, whatever it may be, put it in that box so that people can see it and people can eat it first before being thrown away. That has saved, that will save you hundreds of dollars a year. Trust me. It's such an easy win. 
And then don't forget that if you do need to throw things away or if you have waste when it comes to food, learn how to compost. And there are so many different options for families out there. Just check with your local council how to compost, get a composting system, or if you're like me and live in an apartment, freeze your compost and go to sharewaste.com and take it to your local community gardens or your neighbours once a week and deposit it there. That's so helpful. Great tips there. I love in particular the idea of the eat me first box. And I think, do you have a photo of this over on your Instagram account? I do, I do. And it's probably one of my most popular posts. I post it again and again because it's just such a handy tip for everyone. I think it's brilliant because so many people, we just lose things to the abyss of our fridge and they go missing. And then you pull it out months later and you're like, oh, that's right. That's there. So I love that concept of have the box have it labeled clearly this is where you go to first first and foremost to grab something that's ready to eat I think that's so great now when it comes to cleaning what are your top tips there oh cleaning so I want you to do an exercise and this is all something we can do at home go home tonight and have a look underneath your kitchen and bathroom sinks and look at all the cleaning products on average Australians have about 10 to 15 different bottles for different purposes in the house. This is a marketing gimmick. We don't need to fall for it. Let's be honest. A lot of those chemicals and um, cleaners have toxic chemicals that are quite heavy duty for your household that you don't really need. And in times of COVID, yes, we need to be clean, but you don't need such heavy chemicals for general household use. You know, a lot of those cleaners are, you know, worthy of industrial use. So, Not only is it damaging to the planet because it goes down the sink, but think of all the surfaces that your kids crawl over, that you you know you may drop your food and you pick up. You end up ingesting those chemicals one way or another as well. And for me, this realization came when I realized I was starting to get really bad eczema, and I couldn't figure it out. And it was because of my cleaning chemicals that was causing me eczema. So what I did was I stripped away all the excess and went back to our grandmother's recipes. Right now I have three um, containers that I refill from the bulk store and that's all I need from the from uh, cleaning purposes for everyday life. So what they are is white vinegar, second is Castile soap, which is a vegetable-based soap, and then thirdly, bicarb soda. You can make a general all-purpose cleaner with 50-50 vinegar and put it in a spray bottle and that will clean most of your surfaces. If you want something a bit stronger, use Castile soap, dilute it 1 to 10 with water and there you go, spray and and go ahead. And Castile soap has so many other uses as well. It can act as a stain remover, dishwashing, um, you know, hand dishwashing liquid. Um, it, you can make so many different recipes from it with different, different dilutions and, you know, different types of uses. So that's a real investment there. And the final thing is bicarb soda. Bicarb soda, if you make a paste with it, with water, it actually removes stains and helps you scrub showers. It helps you scrub different surfaces such as ovens it's and stuff It's the original like that. gumption, isn't it? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, with those three things, not only is it safer and cheaper for your, you and your family, it's also better for the environment. So those three things are all that I clean with. I love that. And you're so right. Better for the environment, but also just better on your purse strings too because cleaning products – 
are so expensive and like you said to have 10 to 15 different cleansers and things like that which are just filled with so many different chemicals it all adds up now the next area that I think is a big one for families is of course clutter and especially with young kids toys Yes, let's let's talk about the toy, the toy black hole. I feel like as you know, the more toys you get, the more toys that go and then the more toys you get. It's like a vicious cycle, isn't it? So I have some really easy, fun tips and we don't want to deprive our kids. But at the same time, I feel that our kids do get overwhelmed when there's an excess amount of toys. I think that when they have limited toys, it actually allows their attention and their creativity to expand and it allows them to concentrate and play well with the toys rather than play superficially, as you might see sometimes when they're overwhelmed. So A good tip here is to have a toy box and stick to that one in, one out rule. So if they have this lovely toy box, they can rummage through it, they can explore with it, and you can change out those items when they have new things come in, one thing has to go out. And then you can can explain that process to the kids. Not only does that limit the amount of stuff that you have in the home to that one box, but also makes them more aware that... It's not just about consuming, consuming, consuming. It's actually about, well, okay, well, if I have to have something coming in, where does that other thing go? Can I donate it to a kid who needs it more? Can I give it to a friend? Things like that. It'll bring up that conversation. Another tip is to also to join a toy library. So my daughter, actually, um, you can pay a monthly fee. You can just Google toy library in your local area. It's usually quite inexpensive and you can swap your toys and borrow toys. So this means, you know, if your kids want the latest, you know, gadget or whatever, they can borrow it, try it out. And see if they'll actually play with it or if it's just a phase. And this is great for especially young children who want to be stimulated, but at the same time, you don't want to be overwhelmed with clutter. And finally, if you do want to buy toys for children, try the secondhand economy. Go to your local Vinnies or Salvos or markets or try Facebook Marketplace. Have a look at what's around you and buy it secondhand before you buy anything new. You save money, you're saving virgin resources from being created and also you're saving all that excess packaging that kids have associated with toys from going into landfill. So it's a win-win for everyone. It is wild how much packaging toys have these days. There have been times when the boys have gotten gifts, like whether we're out and about or they've just had their birthdays. Then you go to open a toy and it is strapped in there 1,000 different ways with all sorts of different plastic and it's just so unnecessary. Yeah, and let's be honest, I think they do it just to make it look bigger and better. It's a marketing ploy once again to make it look really big and glamorous and generous. But at the end of the day, the toy is not just the toy itself. It's an inanimate object. It's about the play associated with it, right? So we want to gift things that actually are meaningful and the kids will use. So there's no harm in buying secondhand and wrapping it up in a ribbon or decorating it in a beautiful bag and gifting it because they wouldn't know, you know, like kids don't know if it's going to be secondhand and it's better for your, um, you know, wallet. Once again, it's also better for the planet. And I don't think as parents, we have any judgment whatsoever. If, you know, we know that toy has been loved, but it's a quality toy and it's been reused again. 
Oh, absolutely. And I think too, you know, even just having a different approach to things like birthdays as well, having this conversation with a girlfriend because we just had a celebration for my boys, their seventh birthday and they're twins. So there's double everything anyway. And it's just such an influx of stuff. And I was just saying to people like, please like come celebrate with us. We're having a reptile show. We're going to have cake but we really don't need gifts. Like we don't need more things. And I guess it's too just having those conversations with your friends and your kids as well surrounding what celebrations are actually about. Yeah, I think that's such a good way to talk about it. I mean, in times of lockdown, in times of COVID, the things that we craved most was friendships and family quality time spent with those people. It wasn't more stuff, was it? So this conversation about maybe having experiences rather than stuff, so coming together for a birthday, or if you really wanted to gift an item, maybe do a DIY voucher, so gift two hours of babysitting or gift an afternoon with the kids to come over to watch a movie and have a movie afternoon or gift an experience for the family, so give them a voucher to the zoo or the reptile park or the museum or something, something that they can actually use and spend quality time with each other rather than just more stuff. Absolutely, and given that we're in the prime gift gift giving season and consumerism season right now what are some of your other top tips for this time of year in particular Anita yeah so I mentioned gifting experiences I think that's a great gift for families if you can give a family um, a visit to the zoo or a visit to a museum or something that they actually want to do you know whether it be you know race car driving or go-kart riding something fun something you know that's meaningful I mean wouldn't that be a great gift and that's something you're going to remember for years rather than the plastic toy that you bought you know, and that they spent two minutes playing. Another option is to make your own gifts. So gifting something such as um, a beautifully baked pie or a beautifully baked dessert or cookies in a jar or, you know, a body scrub for the mum or, um, you know, a, a, a facial oil for the family, something beautiful that you can make at home. And I have recipes in my book to, um, for, to do that and also on my Instagram is so fun. You know, you get your whole family involved to make these things. You can decorate it with upcycled ribbon and secondhand jar and whatnot and gift it in sort of a beautiful hamper style basket you know you pay hundreds and hundreds of dollars for these gourmet baskets why don't you make your own and give something like that I think any family would love to receive something like that a gourmet homemade hamper yeah absolutely yeah as you said it's an activity as well which we've spoken about this year we've all been spending so much time together it's nice to have activities to go okay you know what we're going to actually do this rather than be I guess a bit aimless with what we're up to that afternoon and things like that yeah how beautiful would it be for your children to decorate a hamper with you know maybe their homemade drawings or line it with beautiful ribbon or you know get them to get activity or make the batch of cookies and decorate that I mean that's such a beautiful fun gift and who wouldn't like receiving a gourmet homemade hamper like that's that's something I really want and finally the third thing I would say is 
give the gift of time. So when I said before, make a voucher for your friends, give the gift of time. So it might be for you, you've got, you know, twins, you would love it if someone said to you, hey, um, here's a voucher for three hours of babysitting so that you can go and have dinner with your husband. You can redeem it at any time you want. Just let us know. And that's, that's something that you'll remember forever, right? Or they can re- do a voucher for you know, dinner and a movie with the kids. So here's an afternoon of I'm going to have, you know, Frozen um, playing and and have it a theme thing and you can go off and do your own thing but the kids are coming around so it's a IOU voucher. So give the give of, gift of time. I think that's such a special memorable experience and it takes effort and energy but it's also something that creates long-lasting memories. Yeah, absolutely. Such great suggestions. Your book is just filled with really, really great tips and as we've spoken about, easy to digest, easy to implement and great food for thought really. So I would definitely encourage all of our listeners to jump over and check it out. It's called A Zero Waste Family in 30 Days and I'll pop the details in the show notes. Before you run away this morning, I would love to know if you have time for me to quickly shoot through some rapid fire questions. Absolutely. Yay, let's do it. So I would love to know, of course, other than your own books, what is one must-read book that you would recommend? Ooh, I'm really loving The Four Agreements. Um, It's a beautiful, simple book, and I think it's about The Four Agreements. I won't spoil it there for you. But it's such a gentle way to think about how you can be a better person put in very simplistic terms. So it might also be a great book for teenagers as well because it's a reminder that we can all do better, be better, and it's, it's a great philosophy for life brilliant I'll pop that in the show notes too now can you share with us a habit that you're most proud of and I know this question you've got so many habits to be proud of but one in particular the most the the habit that I'm most proud of and that's really transformed my life is consistently meditating and I talk about this in my book self-care is so important and finding that moment of quiet of stillness wherever it may be it might be for you walking meditation it might be for you sitting down and meditating it might be for you a swimming meditation whatever it may be that moment of stillness every day consistently whether it be five minutes or for myself, I meditate 15 minutes a day. It's life-changing. It's really transformed me. And what sort of meditation do you practice, Anita? Is it a guided one or I do. Yeah, I do TM. I do Vedic TM meditation, which is mantra-based. And it's, it's a skill that's I've been doing probably about seven years now and it's the one thing that has really kept me grounded and has allowed me to open up and do all the things that I do. Brilliant. And do you have a habit that you are least proud of that you'd be willing to share here? Yeah. So I'm really trying to nip the bud in um, excess secondhand shopping. So (laughs) I love a good bargain and I think it's the years of, you know, hunting, gathering and finding good bargains that I still love. And sometimes I think I do too much of it, but that's okay because I contribute to the secondhand economy by whether it be gifting it or um, sharing it with my followers and doing giveaways or whatever. So I do 
um, give more than I get. But at the same time, I do want to nip that in the bud to make sure that my, um, you know, that we still have the minimalistic ideals that we adhere to. Brilliant. And do you have a favorite family meal that you can share with us? Yeah, so I love a slow cooked meal. And um, I talk about in my book, a slow cooker is one of the best investments you can make. And I actually um, have an Instapot, which is an American version of a slow cooker, which has a pressure cooker as well. So I have an Instapot meal that's been really successful, which is mushroom risotto. And um, what I do is I just put in risotto rice and two, you know, um, you know, vegetable stock that I have and then whatever leftover veggies I have plus a bit of mushroom and a bit of butter, six minutes in the Instapot and it's glorious. Like any soggy vegetable that's looking a bit sad, it just lifts it up and flavors the risotto and everyone loves it. And six minutes, that's a win. Yeah, exactly. Love the Instapot. <laughs> Instapot. I'll have to check them out. Oh, it's a it's a game changer. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds it. Do you remember what the last thing is that you Googled? Last thing that I Googled. Oh, I actually Googled Trump election fraud like updates <laughs> because oh, in the loop, yes yeah. it's all it's like a game show it's like you can't even script this it's kind wild. of reality it's wild so mm-hmm. I just wanted to get the latest updates from New York Times just to see how farcical it is <laughs> yes and do you have a tv show movie or podcast or even album or playlist that you're currently loving Um, a podcast that I'm really loving at the moment besides your own is, um, Lacey Phillips to be magnetic. It's it's just about the beautiful manifestation and, you know, neural mirroring and, you know, you know, and psychiatry and psychology behind manifestation. And it's been really interesting. She is Lacey. Is she in the U S? Yeah, she is. Yeah. I think that one of my girlfriends recently sent me a link to one of her episodes and I've started listening and it was, I was really enjoying it. So I'll have to dive back in. Yeah. There's something really interesting, particularly from my um, medical background, just to understand the, you know, the psychology and the, you know, the, the uh, neuroscience behind it. So it's, it's quite fascinating. Absolutely. And last but not least, what is your all time favorite quote or perhaps some words that you live by? Yeah, so I love Maya Angelou's, when you know better, do better. And I'm paraphrasing it there, but it's just the philosophy that I've always embraced. You don't have to do better today, but when you know better, don't turn away from it. Embrace it and do better. And it doesn't have to be big drastic changes. It can be small changes, but whatever it is, don't turn away. When you know better, do better and it's better not perfect exactly exactly powerful stuff well thank you so much for your time today sharing your wisdom I've really enjoyed speaking with you where can our audience connect with you yeah, so I'm mainly active on my Instagram, so rocket underscore science and also my website anitavandark.com brilliant all of those details are in the show notes and again Anita thank you so much for your time no thank you for having me
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.